Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the Biz Bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Bienvenidos, bienvenidos a esta conversación, to this conversation today. I am so excited to dive deep and have a conversation on Taltec Wisdom with Don Jose Ruiz. Welcome, Don Jose Ruiz. Thank you, Vanessa. Very good to be with you today. Yeah, so good. And everyone, before we get into this conversation that I cannot wait to have, I do want to read Don Jose Ruiz, Ruiz's beautiful bio. And so Don Jose Ruiz is the internationally best-selling author of The Fifth Agreement, as a Taltec master of transformation and modern-day shaman, he has dedicated his life to sharing the wisdom of the ancient Taltec through his books, lectures, and journeys to sacred sites around the world. Other books include Ripples of Wisdom, My Good Friend, The Rattlesnake, The Wisdom of the Shamans, The Medicine Bag, Shaman Rituals and Ceremonies for Personal Transformation, and the newly released Shamanic Power Animals, Embracing the Teachings of Our Non-Human Friends. You know, it almost feels silly, Don, uh, Don Jose Ruiz, that I ask, you know, how your ancestors have inspired you, but I want to ask anyway, because it's evident in your work. But in, in your view, how have your ancestors shaped who you are today and the sacred work that you share with the world? Well, the most powerful thing they have taught me was faith. Faith to have in yourself and faith to having the in this world that you can manifest it like a painter that paints in the canvas. When you apply with your faith in yourself, you can overcome all the achievements. So I see my ancestors, uh, two generations, my grandmother in her older age, like going up the protect tradition, like embracing the Catholicism. And you know, many people were saying, why you do that? And she goes, well, this is part of our, 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 our nature. We, we embrace everything that comes to us. Then I also see my father, how he mixed the Totec tradition with, uh, with, with, with his awareness as a medical doctor and the philosophy. And it, it, it was very magical to see that and how even the whole dream wanted to be, get comfortable in superstition. But he said, no, we have to speak the truth. So he had faith in himself to deliver. So I also am in, in, in this path of having faith in ourselves to be true to yourself. And that's what they taught me. Oh my God, I love that so much. Were there any ancestral patterns that you needed to break? Like for so many of us, we have these challenges that our ancestors took on, you know, to survive, right? Like my family, there's a lot of psychic mediums and we do a little espiritismo curanderismo, right? We mix it in with Catholicism. And my family didn't want me to do this work, the healing work and the vidente, like work with seeing and knowing. 
but I'm the first one to break through. So was there anything that you felt you had to transform or to heal in order to be who you are today? Yes, absolutely. And the dream that I had to break was the dream of machismo. The dream of machismo that we have to be a certain way as a male and as a woman in, in this tradition to be strong and suppress divine mother because that blinds us of what we really are. We're nature. And when we know that we're just life, it doesn't matter what kind of human we are. We're just living beings. So the whole stereotype, the whole pretending, the fear that we're coming to suppress before we're suppressed, that dream, I had to break it because of the generation that I grew up. Uh, and of course, it's been the, the bullying, the, the mask, the pretending, because every machista that I saw, even though they were spiritual masters, they were alone because their heart was closed. So I see that that needed to be open to be connected to Divine Mother. And many people say that they love Divine Mother, but how they treat themselves is not loving Divine Mother. So that was one thing that I had to unlearn to embrace what I have inside of me to be you know, free. And it's taking a long time because it always shapes just into a, a new form, a new excuse, a new pattern. But the truth is that when we're honest with ourselves, that's it. And when we're resisting, that's it. So the Jima Machista has been affecting the tradition for so long because be before the conquest, there was not, nothing of that. It was just life. We learned to be machista. We learned to behave a certain way or we'll be punished. We'll be go to hell. We go to heaven. The thing is that this world is whatever we create of it. So getting aware of that dream and, and per permitting myself to remove it from my life, you know, I, I know that I will grow up to be just like I was born. Thank you, Don, Don Jose Ruiz, for that, because um, as someone who suffered through machismo de los hombres en mi familia, my father's side, it's very strong. And I think that for our Latino community, Latine, Latinx community, and also machismo morphs into other chauvinistic and other ways and other cultures, that it's when, we did, when men deny their own sacred feminine and when women can't trust either the physical masculine or the inner masculine or don't like or dislike the sacred feminine within themselves because they're told that it's weak, um, that we suffer. And I love how you call it a dream. And can you share with us why you keep calling it a dream for those of us who are watching who do not know? Because uh, when I was growing up, I was taught the art of dreaming. And the art of dreaming first is that we are aware that we're sleeping in our night's sleep to get awareness. But then after I begin getting awareness in my night's sleep and calling it just a dream when I sleep, my grandfather and my father taught me, no, this, this dream that we live right now is a dream. And we're dreaming the dream of the planet, which is the dream of the humans, which is the dream made with words and stories. Because all of this, you can see different traditions, different languages, different ways of life. Like let's say from the dream of Africa, Asia, Europe, Americas, they're all different dreams. It's what we created with the word. And many people are not impeccable with them. And many people are impeccable with them. And the people who are not impeccable with their dream, with their words, create a nightmare and believe their nightmare, believe the bubble. And they use the power of their belief against themselves. When we wake up, we can no longer go back to sleep. And we see this just like a colors to paint in our life. So doing this path, you cannot blame other people anymore. You make your choice of what you want to create. So this is when we call ourselves the dream masters, when we wake up. So we can, and the beautiful thing about this is that, you know, the little children, they learn from us 
not what we say to them. They see how we dream, and that's how they learn. So when we wake up, we dream our life. And that's the most inspiring thing, to see somebody living their dream, their freedom. Just like I was explaining earlier about my ancestors, how they have the freedom to believe in themselves, to have faith in themselves, that they woke up from a nightmare of someone else's dream, the secondary character of someone else's story, and just became themselves without taking things personally. When someone offends us, when someone judges us, it doesn't affect us. Why? Because it's not truth. It's truth in their head. They're trying to control us back to the dream of machismo. But when you know that life is a dream, you have the power to change it when you want to. Mm, thank you so much. That is so powerful because I think it really nos pone el cambio entre en nuestras manos. It places the power within our own hands to unpack the dreams that are not centering us, like you said. We were secondary characters and now, and for us to reclaim that part of ourselves. I love that so much. When did you realize, because you, you grew up with your family, una familia tan hermosa, gave you so much wisdom. When did you realize that you wanted to share with the world, right? Because like for me, I, my family was just spiritual, so it was just a way of life. And then over time, I was like, oh, wait a minute. It's not just a way of life. I'm here to share it. Did you have a moment or a set of circumstances um, that made you aware that you were here to teach others to write, to help? to disseminate this information and this healing in the world? Well, I had a, a feeling before I entered my nightmare. When I call it enter a nightmare, it was my teenage years. Yeah. My dream of, you know, pure pressure, my dream of proving myself to whatever it was. But before that, I remember going with my grandmother, my grandfather, my father, and my mother. They used to work in this temple in Barrio Logan in San Diego. And they did service there. And one day I remember just seeing my grandmother with open heart helping people. And one day she said, come Jose, uh, help me. Put your hands on, 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 on this person. So I put my hands on, on their back and she said, just close your eyes. And, and right there I felt something that was just so natural. Mm. And uh, when she asked me later that day, she said, what do you want to do? What do you, you want to be when you're growing up? And I said, I want to be just like you and my father and my grandfather. I want to share this Toltec message wherever I go. And the funny thing is, she said, and where do you want to do that? And I said, I want to do it in Japan. And she goes, why Japan? Because I just want to have the faith inside of me that I'm just going to open my heart without knowing if they're understanding me or not, but I trust that they will do all the work. And sister, like 20 years after that, I got that dream. I got to be in Japan. And I got to experience that moment. <laughs> but, uh, but that's the moment that I, I decided to. But either way, I went to my universal training of life. I went to pure pressure of life. I went to, you know, addictions and to all that stuff that happened, you know, that suppressed my heart. That, you know, I could have lost my life, my eyesight, my freedom. But after I gained awareness, I began peeling an onion. And every year, it's like something else gets peeled away. From the, from the addiction, from uh, using love against myself, um, you know, from wanting to be something, to be validation, you know. At this point of life where I am now, it's just about enjoying life. And enjoying life, there's nothing to do but to serve, to give people, you know, what I have inside. And th th this is what I felt when I was eight years old as well. Oh my God, I love it. And I think that when we go back to our childhood, there 
for many of us, there could be that pure moment, right? Because we're still in wonder. Estamos todavía con el, con el espíritu tan abierto. We're still so open that we're like, ay, yo quiero hacer esto, yo quiero hacer el otro. And then reality, right? Peer pressure, the group mind around us can take us off the path. And I'm so glad that you find your way back and you're able to make your dreams come true in such beautiful, big ways and to help others, right? To awaken and to remember. I, I think that many Judeo-Christian religions are so judgmental that you're the sinner, you're this thing, rather than looking at the fact that we're on a journey, right? Yes. We're on a journey and we fall through holes, we climb back out, we go through the worlds, we, we come face to face with our inner fears and our inner demons or our inner spirits and, and then we rise. So when you decided and you came back to write, was it, you know, because I never thought of being an entrepreneur. I was just like, here, this is what I do. I'm giving it away for free. And then with time and time and time, people were like, why you work so hard in corporate and then you do all this in your house and you're always running around. Bit by bit it became, was your first instinct to teach classes or did you start writing right away when you came back to yourself and to your dream? Well, when I write, I don't sit down with a pen and write. I'm an open channel. So my, my mind just flows and experiences that I feel, I talk about them because that's how I turn my pain or my inspiration into medicine. And, uh, and I just go, so I capture it in a recording device. It used to be cassette players, but now it's in my telephone. <laughs> and after I create so many stories and teachings, we get it transcribed and my publishers, and they, they, they edit it because to, to make books, it's not just one person sitting down. It's a whole team. You, you get inspiration, you get through it, and then you get the editors to part. So some make it on the book, some don't make it on the book. But the important thing is to not cut your wings and to let everything flow. And it's like a, like a puzzle. Every piece will be placed in the same thing, but the important thing is to give a message to ourselves. And that's the power of feeling. Like the medicine bag is, is our sacred heart. So if we have things that are not, you know, healing, like if it's drama, if it's poison resentment, our heart's not going to be healed and our medicine is going to be corrupt. But when we open up the medicine bag and we see what's inside of our hearts, what's stopping us with, with no judgment at all, it's like an autopsy. We take these things out, we take this out so we can completely are ready to flow. And what is flowing our inspiration. So that's the number one key to, to create the, the inspiration because when you create with I have to or I have to keep up or I have to make a better book than I did the past before, then we're just, you know, slaved by a, by a thought. But to be an open channel is to really be the artist. That's why Toltec means artist of the spirit in Nahuatl, because that's what we really are. I love that artist of the spirit. I think you're going to help so many who are watching because even me, right? I've been, people are like, where's your book? Where's your book? And I'm like, oh, I don't have the time because I feel like I have to put it in these organs. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm like, I just have to ground and press that play and just let it flow. And this idea that still the world holds sway on me and others where it's like, no, it has to look this way or be this way. And you're just like, uh-uh, we just go and we just speak and we do it as a team. I love that so much. And then when your books came out, how did you apply? I mean, we were already seeing how you apply Toltec wisdom to writing and publishing. How did you apply that in terms of building a business? Because some people, they write a book, but then they never create anything around it, right? But you're, you're teaching all over the world. You're speaking. 
Well, did it happen organically as well? Did you sit and meditate on it? Did, was it a team effort? Was it all of the above? Well, in my family tradition, first came the teachings. First came the sharing and later came the book. Yes. So it, was, uh, it wasn't like the book and then later the teachings. First, what, what got the attention of the publishers was that we were doing this, you know, touring around. And, you know, especially my grandmother stayed in one place. And she toured like two, three different places, in, but she always stayed in the same place. But my father, when he took the grains of the Toltec tradition, and uh, he went all around the world. Mm. Uh, he, he kept pouring it, pouring it. And then one day the publisher, you know, noticed them. They went to Teotihuacan and they, the Four Agreements was born. I love this so much. And so really it's an intergenerational um, legacy of Toltec wisdom where you serve community and then the books came out. And I love that you said that because in the last few years, I think I've been online 10 years, but serving more uh, where people are running to the book first, get the book first. And that's why I kept saying, wait, wait, when I'm ready, I'll do it. I'm just doing, I'm serving, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing what needs to be done, but almost like coaches and the outside world sometimes try to shame you. But the, what you're saying is of course, and it makes so much sense. We need to be in the work. And I always call it the trenches, right? You need to be in there doing the work to have something to write about. Yes, because uh, one thing we have to understand, people who shame themselves and shame others is they shame themselves. themselves. They're putting too much pressure on them. And sometimes even serving in spirituality can become a mask to not deal with your things. And because what happens is that we have to let our healing marinate. Like the Tibetan master, she said once, she said, she loves to cook and one asked her what is your favorite ingredient and she responded uh, thyme and go thyme that's not an ingredient yes it is because it marinates things so when we marinate our life the book is going to come when it's ready there's no hurry to it there's no pressure because then it's when it's not coming from the heart and it's like trying to put the GMO to the plants to make the biggest orange but then the orange makes you sick <laughs> I love that organically yeah, and you're so right. And I think this is a message that, so for our beautiful conscious entrepreneurs and our soulful entrepreneurs out there, or ones who feel called to write, to share, you know, I hope you've taken this in, how important it is to marinate, how important it is to be in the work, to be breathing it and living it, applying it to our own lives, doing our own healing work, and trusting the divine, the sacred and spirit that the work will come through you. And and I, I really believe in that. Like people say, how did you get through this when your parents passed all this? I said, because it wasn't just me. It was spirit working through me. If it was just me, I would have probably been crying that my parents passed in 2020. What would you say? Thank you. What would you say to people who are doing their work? They're starting. They're excited. They want to start a business. They want to start doing workshops and teachings um, what would you say to those who are just beginning to get that spiritual call uh, to step forward and share their spirit with the world? I will say that if you do not judge yourself, nobody else can judge you. And the judgments will disappear from your path. And like the fourth agreement, you will do your best. And that's all you can. And when you are like this, you're living your dream and experiencing something because we do sharing to experience it. Because when you give, you receive because sometimes when I do conferences and people say that I'm giving to them, I said, no, you may see it from that point of view, but you're giving to me something. 
you're giving me to me gratitude to love what to do what I love to do. And that's one thing when we're doing what we love to do, it's it's just there's the magic. And uh and there's this uh this this uh this message that my my, my best friend showed me. She's she said, look, look at this message, and, and the message was do not rob the world from the creativity that you have inside your heart. Do not cut your own wings. And when you're ready, just do your best and, and, and deliver it. You know, when, when I was, uh, before the pandemic, I, I was in Portland. And I said to everybody that I just love to do this work. I just love to share because this is what I was love to do. And I always speak like it was going to be my last time. And I always do my best, you know, because I, I, that's the moment. I don't know if I'm going to have tomorrow. Tomorrow I may not be here. And then the pandemic came. And it was like two years or something that I couldn't be, you know, live with people. And the first thing that I felt when I was live in, a, in the audience, I say, thank you. Even though there was not as much people like it was before, even though they were separated, you know, you know, in space, I say to them, thank you, because I thought I would never do this again. And that's one beautiful thing about doing this work, the gratitude that we can do it, to never lose that momentum and that moment, because... Without gratitude, there is no doors to heaven. Mm, thank you so much for that. And it's so true um, because there's such a, I think there's so much information out there where people start to feel or what I've seen or heard como privilegiados, like they're supposed to. And I know no matter how many years I've been, you know, doing this, I'm so grateful I get the chance to do it. it and it's not about not, honoring myself and the work I've done. It's more like another day to be in community. Like it is with, to have this conversation with you and to have folks receive this now. We are in community, right? And that's why technology, it could be good, it could be bad, but wow, it could really bring us together across time and space. And, and, and Don Jose, what would you say to business owners, who maybe have a business and now they're waking up spiritually because I would say not every business owner is, you know, a healer not every healer is a business owner. We can be a healer everywhere, anywhere we are in a school as a postman, but for those business owners who are now waking up and going, wow, I've been pushing, I've been shoving, I've been trying to make the money. And now I'm realizing there's more to life. There's more to me. So those business owners that are already out there established who are waking up and seeing that there's more to them. Yes, uh, the most powerful thing about being in that world is integrity. It's like uh, being in a village. You have your, 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 your farms and you let people to work in your village, in, in your lands. With gratitude, they'll come and serve. And when you treat them with integrity, you know, they will respond with integrity, with gratitude. So it will be a place of gratitude. And that energy will create itself. And to not let people also walk all over you, to speak your voice as you feel it, to not be the sacrificer, to not be, you know, the one to be the perfect image. You always be the truth when you are in that world because you're responsible like a, like a family person. Like when you're the head of the family, you have integrity and you always speak the truth. And, and you can see and correct people without breaking their wings, but encouraging them to even learn even more. In that time, people who work with you will be as a family that at one point they will take a ranch like that and open it somewhere else because that dream will expand. 
But this is how many people begin, you know, fundraisers or begin, you know, churches or begin things because it was established in one point and then it began growing, 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 growing because it's the energy. Many people go to places, like to coffee places especially, because they love the energy of the place. They sit down and they, they hang out and, you know, it's a nice energy. And the food as well, like the, like the magicians, uh, like Como Agua, like Chocolate movie mm-hmm. and book. Um, it's like, how are you going, how, what are you cooking in your, in your kitchen? If you cook with ill intent, people are going to get sick. But if you start cooking with beautiful ingredients, people will get the heal and the nourishment. But it's about integrity when you step into that world. Mm. I love that. And I, that's one of my favorite movies. Uh, yeah, it's like Butterfly Chocolate. Me encanta esa película. Um, is there anything that you want to share that's on your heart now for us? I mean, you've shared so much and it's been so good. Is there anything else that's still on your heart that wants to come through for both, for those people who are watching, listening, who are interested in building a business or building a business and, um, and maybe stressed out about it? <laughs> well, first of all, saying we're the love of our life. That's important. And when we are the love of our life, where do we want to go? where we want to share our love because life goes so quick. Time goes so quick. You really want to do a certain kind of work or you don't. And it's always to be truthful to you. And you begin and you're loving the work. Beautiful. But the moment that you change your mind and you want to experience something else, permit yourself to, to do that, to close that chapter and someone else will do it. But you continue taking yourself to a inspiration and to follow the inspiration of life. That is the magical thing because then you can see that looking back said, oh, I opened this business. I opened that business. I opened that business, but I learned to detach for someone else to take over. But all of those businesses represent goodness. But the thing that what goodness is because we let our stardust there. And that's the beautiful thing about action in life because we are in action all the time. So we're creating energy all of the time with awareness or not awareness, but when we become aware that we're creating energy, it's one of the most beautiful things. And to really understand that we're the love of our life, that no one has the right to scream at us and we don't have the right to scream at anybody. You know, we take machismo out of our mentality and we stop suppressing ourselves. And when we start suppressing ourselves, we stop su- suppressing the world. And that alone is the best business that it could be the business of freedom. Mm. I love that so much. Thank you. The business of freedom, not only for ourselves, but from others. And that's how we transform the, the dream of colonialism, right? Capitalism, racism, oppression. Because if we show up in our truth and integrity, of course, we're going to make an impact. So thank you so, so much, Don Jose. Is there anything, um, where can we find you? And do you have anything coming up um, October and on that you would like us to know about or for people to, to look into? Yes, I, I, you can look me at miguelriz.com. And uh, in the future, I will have a webpage called donjoseriz.com. And I'm excited to share with everybody that next year, I will be taking the rents of my families and doing a tour that I haven't done like in 15 years. It's called the Love of Your Life Tour, and I'm going to go through every little city in very intimate places. So I'm excited to share this dream with everybody and to get to experience this. And I want to thank you for the service that you do in, 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 your, in your path 
And I know we both work for the same boss as everyone listening as well. Thank you so much, Don Jose. I hope that you're coming through Harrisburg, but if you go through in Pennsylvania, if not, I'm gonna have to drive and find my way to get there and give you a hug or at least give you a wave. Um, so thank you so, so much. Gracias a todos por estar con nosotros. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you've really taken this in. Uh, Don Jose comes from a beautiful family uh, of Toltec wisdom with Toltec ways, and they've applied it each generation in a beautiful way to share it with the world and to walk their talk and to practice it. And for us, whether we remember our ways or not, whether we're in the process of remembering, we have ways, our ancestors have walked in ways that we may not know their names anymore. But I'm with you, and in this process, we will, in this process called life, in this process called, you know, our life's journey, if we listen, if we listen to the bird, if we listen to the stream of the river, if we lay on the grass, our ancestors are here, they're in the rocks, they're in the wind, they will bring us the answers. They may not bring us names, they may not bring us specific, but they will guide us and they will love us. And none of us is a lost child. None of us is a lost child. We are all loved. So, gracias por estar aquí. Thank you. Thank you, Don José Ruiz. Un placer. Gracias a todos. Thank you so much, beautiful people. Gracias, mi gente hermosa, por estar con nosotros. Cuatro ciclos. Four seasons we've been together. We're going into the fifth season. I have two things. One, if you enjoyed Don José Ruiz today, please check out the Ancestrally Rooted Business Summit that came out in 2022 with 35 other experts. It was really wonderful. I'll place the link in the information. And second, I have an ask for you. If you've enjoyed this um, podcast, let me know what you want to know more about. What kind of conversations do you want to hear? Do you want to hear more about astrology? Do you want to hear more about business? Do you want to hear more about how to market in alignment, how to grow a business, how to tap into ancestral healing? Let me know because we're moving into the fifth season and I want to continue serving, flowing, and growing with my comunidad. Mucho amor. Gracias.